Let's just remain standing just a moment while we pray. Let's bow our heads now. And all that like to be remembered in this prayer, raise your hands and say, God, it's me. Uh, yes. Most holy and gracious God, we bring this people before you with the request that they have. They ask to be remembered. Enlarge my hand up also. I pray thee to be merciful to us. Thou knowest our needs. And we would pray as you have taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Thine will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Father, we would ask tonight for mercy. For liberty of spirit. That we might be able to bring to the people the gospel truth. And the, what we believe to be the message of this hour for your church. <clears throat> Lord, praying that we are a portion of that church as to be called out in the last days. Father, if we are not that portion, then reveal to us what we must do to be that portion. And give us grace, power in this trying hour that's upon the earth to try all them that dwell here. Give us of thy Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us that we might finally at the end come to thee in peace for that eternal life that all believers has looked forward to since the beginning of time. Help us, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I am indeed grateful for the privilege of being out here tonight and for the grace of God that's been given to us through Jesus and then about the, uh, uh, the message this morning. Now, I want everyone to thoroughly understand. Now, I am trusting to God that it isn't that time. But the message is truth. The message is true. It will it will be sometime if this isn't that time. And it looks so much like the time that I felt like Paul of old who said, I haven't shunned to declare to you the whole counsel. See, everything has to be done. There was one thing that I did this morning that I'm sorry that I said it. I, I called a brother's name that I think is an error. I shouldn't have done that. I never call a person's name. And uh, the tape would happen to fall in his hands. And uh, I want to see him and talk to him because I think the brother, a great man, a good man, it's preached right here in the pulpit, Brother David Duplicis. And I didn't mean to call his name. I was worried about the message and so forth, about whether, uh, what if it is this time, and I call the brother's name. I don't do that. I'm sorry I did it. I love Brother David Duplicis. He is our brother. And I, I do think that a smart man like that should uh, be more instructed in the Scripture. i tell you what it is. It's the talk that David and I had. He once spoke for me in the meetings. He preached right from this pulpit, or from the old church, yeah. right here from the pulpit. And uh, his brother, Justice, was my interpreter in South Africa where I'm returning. And they're out of a fine family, a Pentecostal home, a real fine person. David was, I believe, the chairman one time of the World Pentecostal Assemblies. 
And uh, at the, uh, the Pentecostal World Conference, he was one of the chairmen. And later he came to the United States and settled in, out in Texas with Brother Gordon Lindsay. And then just started preaching around different places. But what it was, for I think that our precious brother made the error, just like I'm subject or anyone else, he started dealing with the up and ups. He kept talking about the Princeton University and the places that was inviting him, thinking that he was doing what was right and was feeding fodder right into the machine. See? And such rejoicing as not only that, but the full gospel businessman, which sponsors my meeting worldwide. See, I, I love those men. See? But I certainly don't agree with them upon the principles that they, they're... they're they have, they have left from where their principles they started and now becoming just like any other organization or anything. See? And what it is, they're not trying to remain Pentecostal, but they're trying to mix Pentecost and the rest of it together. And looks to me like that Brother Duplessis, a wonderful, fine man like that, would know enough about the Scripture that when he sees the sleeping virgin trying to buy oral the time is past. Remember, when she came to buy oral, there was no oral left. That's the scripture. And she said, give us of your oral to the church. But she did not receive it. She might jump up and down, speak in tongues, whatever more. But according to God's own word, she did not receive it. Amen. And she was out into outer darkness. And there was weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. When the elected bride had done gone in, the, the wise virgin had an oil in her hand. Now, I, I know another man, something that happened just the other day. What it is, is these fine people, see, getting a little, um, you know what I mean, a little hole among the people. And the first thing you know, they feel that that's God doing that. And many times that's the devil doing that. See? Jesus had a chance to come before Herod. He had a chance before many. And they wanted to use him for showmanship. That's all they're trying to do with Pentecost. Pentecost come out of those things to be different. And like a hog to its water and a dog to its vomit, turns right back again. And now in the ecumenical council. It's too bad. It's a shame. God keep me little and humble so that he can reveal his truth. I never want to do that. No bright lights, no flare and flash of the world. Let me take the way with the Lord's despised view. Let me stay with the word. Now talking about the ecumenical council consolidating with the Vatican. Do you believe that they could consolidate on the word? They might in organization, but they can on the word. That's right. So there's nothing to compromise. See, organization, it's all the same. Everything the same. It's perfectly in line. Mother and daughter. But when it comes to this word, I'm just as firmly against Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians as I am against Catholicism. Because it's mother and daughter according to this word. It's this word that I stand for. This. Every word of it. Now, this precious brother, he and his wife are my close friends. Many of you have seen the magazine. Or how did that precious God sent brother could ever let his wife somebody told her she looked like Jacqueline Kennedy and she bushed up by one of the great big haircuts and they, what is it she associates with them kind of people all the time and finally 
A good man taking a bad woman, she'll either become a good woman, or I mean a good man taking a bad woman, she'll either become a good woman or he'll become a bad man. Show me your company, I'll tell you who you are. Birds of a feather flock together. Keep away from shiny stuff. I climbed down in a mine the other day, way in the top of the mountains on the Arizona and, um, and Mexico line. Brother Southman and I sitting here was up there together. And I got in there and dug out a bunch of what, it looks just exactly like gold. And the only way you can tell it isn't gold, it shines better than gold. It shines. And gold does not shine. It glows. See? And what it's called is fool's gold. It's not even worth as much as a rock that it's in. It's called iron pyrite. I think in the, the, uh, the scientists claim that the waters and the leaking acids and things never got there quite enough to harden it and bring it into a place to make it go. So it, it shines better, but it don't have the chemical in it. And that's just the way a lot of make-believe Christianity is. Yeah. See? It'll shine and like Hollywood, but the church glows with the gospel. Yeah. Now, uh, some sister here, Billy just showed me, was nice enough to go uh, get this Life magazine, uh, this picture, and blow it up of that uh, this, of the seven angels and have it taken and sent to me. That is the picture. And now, if you'll notice here, as it was leaving, ascending back, when the angels had brought their message, it was in the form of a pyramid, just exactly what I told you three months before it happened the way it would be. Is that right? And the notable angel with his wings back on the side, back, laying back. You remember he said he had his head coming to speed? Don't you even see the wings there? And there's the angel there. Just exactly the way it was said. Now, only God can do that. They have a photograph laying here too of a woman that said many times, people say into the discernment, say, this person is shattered to death, a dark shadow. And they say, well, he just says that. See, that's the people that can't go all the way. They can't see that. They can shout with you. They can, they can uh, uh, talk with you. But when it comes to really believing, all whole soul and body, they can't do it. So, but you see, if God is in it and telling the truth, this is the last time of history. This is the last of the world's history. It's closing. There'll be time no more someday. God is confirming everything, both spiritually and scientifically. When I said, a little boy, a pillar of light, looked like a star. How many remembers old times, they used to call it star, when it appeared down here on the river, when he said it, John the Baptist sent. Now, finally, that come down, and the picture was taken of it. We used to have one here somewhere. Uh, yeah, well, they say it's over on the corner. I can't see it. Scientifically proves that's the truth. And now... And saying the people were shattered. Now here was a woman, a photograph. There it is, regular, just like any other photograph, like one taking this in a machine. I said, a person was wondering about that. And said to the woman, you are shattered to death with cancer. There's a dark shadow. She turned and took the picture. The woman's been here to testify, maybe here yet tonight for all I know. Now, there is the woman with like a black hood over her. All right? Now, there is a scientific proof that that is the truth. 
And immediately after the woman was pronounced well, they took the picture and it wasn't there. What struck the lens then? And what left that didn't wasn't on the lens when it was pronounced that she was healed. Now, standing here, told you that the angels was coming. Brother Fred being one, I seen Brother Fred a while ago. I thought he was right over here, but I missed him somewhere. Oh, back here. That's right. He was standing within a, a two mile or a mile and a half or two mile of where I was, heard the explosion, felt the rock and everything else when it went off. Is that right, Brother Fred? And there was the angels that sent back with that message. And here it even is in the pyramid form, as I showed you what it would be. And here told you how they'd be standing before left. Photograph after photograph across the country took it. Plumbing to Mexico being 30 miles high and 27 miles across it. And so high that even Marsha or nothing can... Marsha don't travel over about 8 or 9 miles high. Then he's out to a place where there's nothing to make Marsha. See? And this was... I think it was either 27 miles high and 30 miles across it, or it was it was 20, uh, 30 miles high and 27 miles across it. One or the other, the Life magazine packed it. Or look, which was Look or Life? Life, Life magazine. I think May the 17th issue. That's it. Now there it is, scientifically proof that it is the truth. So therefore we, we don't worry about whether it's truthful scientifically and Spiritually, what was said come to pass. So the message of the seven seals, and they're closing, that's the message of the entire Bible. The seven seals closes the New Testament and seal it up. That is true. Now we know that that is by prophetic utterance, by scientific, and by the word. Three has given the witness to it that it's the truth. Therefore, we know that we're at the end time. We're here. I don't know how far away. Uh, He'll never let us know that because his coming will be as a thief in the night. But friends, my brother, sister, let's just be ready. Regardless. Let's just chase ourselves. See, because the world will go right on. They'll never even know it's happened. When the doors of mercy is closed, preachers will be preaching salvation. Be causing people to repent going right on just like it always did it did in other ages and it did in, it will in this age and the rapture will be so sudden and so quick that the world will never even miss them that they're gone right they'll know nothing about it he comes and slips her away it'll be gone they'll know nothing about it so be in prayer pray for me I pray for you we don't know when that hour will be but we believe it'll be soon. Stay away from shiny things. Stay with the gospel. Stay right there now and pray. Now, uh, 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 Billy wrote me a letter here, or a note rather, and said someone wanted to dedicate a baby. If that's right, is it? Raise up your hand. If some, yeah, two babies. All right. Bring them up right away. And Brother Neville, and I wonder if our sister at the piano would... Come over here just a moment for our uh, baby dedication. We don't want to leave out anything. Now remember, by this time tomorrow night, the Lord willing, I'll be in New York City and we're going there on the battleground to fight the good fight of faith. So it's right here, sister, if you will, right here in front. I'll pick him up. Right here. And now, 
We are, how many will pray for me? Now, if God is willing, which I hope he is, Sunday a week, if it's all right with Brother Neville, Sunday a week, I'll be back again on the road to Louisiana and stop over for a meeting here at the church. Amen. I want to thank you all for your kindness. That lady that sent me that candy up there. I appreciate that. I don't know who the lady was. Someone sent me a box of candy and some little puff balls like that. It was really, really delicious. I'm filled up on it right now. And I, I thank you. And you think them little things don't mean much? It sure does. Yeah. And different ones handing in their little love gifts and showing Billy Paul and giving them and things. I, I get it. See, you don't know how I appreciate it. God bless you. I remember. See, how much more does he remember in so much as you have done unto the least of these my little ones, you have done it to me. Now, mercy will be shown when mercy is given. Now, we have some fine little fellas here. Would you, uh, I want you to stay there and sing, bring the men afterwards. All right, you brothers come up here just a minute. My, here's the first one, a little pair of brown eyes looking at me with a big cute smile. <laughs> little girl, what's it? Sharon Rose. That's a great name for me. After my little girl, it's gone on. Name it before she was born. If it's to be a little girl, just go name it Sharon Rose. We were sure she was going to be a girl. She had to be. Had to be. You know what? I don't know if you know it or not. My wife is standing here. She'd probably almost faint. This is the same kind of a dress that my little girl had at the dedication. Little Sharon Rose. This one maybe. May this one live, or God taken mine out. What's your last name? Goodman. Mrs. Are you from here in the city? Chicago. Chicago. Brother and sister Goodman. God bless you. You know, my little Sharon looked like that. I don't guess there's anybody here who remembers her. But how she looked. She had little brown eyes like that, like a mother. Real sweet little girl with dark hair. Just about, how old is the baby? Five months. She was eight months when God called her up. I seen her a little after that. You know the story. You have it at home on the table. Sharon Rose comes from the word. I turned it around from the Rose of Sharon. And he needed a little one of them on his altar, so he took it. And I'll be with her again. May your little Sharon live to fulfill the life that she would have lived here on earth. And may she be with you in glory as I feel that my Sharon will be with me. You talk about a friendly little thing. Look at this. <laughs> you just all smile. Let us bow our heads. Dear God, as I hold this little treasure, a little Sharon Rose, do you know in my heart, Lord, what I'm thinking so I don't have to express it? Blessed be the Lord God who gives these little jewels to our hearts. Bless this Goodman home. May the parents be honored, which they are, to have such a jewel in home. May it remain in their home. And if there is a tomorrow, make it an honorable woman for tomorrow. And now, Lord God, in obedience to what you commissioned us by your example to do, you tuck little children in your arms and bless them and said, Suffer little children to come to me. And they bring the baby to me, being your servant, as you have said your servants to carry on your work. And here stands your servants, 
Brother Neville, Brother Caps, and myself. And now, Lord God, from the arms of the father and mother, we give to you little Sharon Rose Goodman, who we dedicate for a life of service in the name of Jesus Christ. Five little ones besides them. How sweet. God bless you, Brother Goodman. God bless you, Sister Goodman. And may the Lord bless the little Sharon. How do you do, Rusty? Now, let's see. I, I, Arnett. 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 That's right. Is that right? Uh, William? <laughs> William Arnett. James William. James William Arnett. That's a fine boy. You know, some things we have in common, he and I already. Names, and then we part our hair alike. You see, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fine boy. Jimmy? I guess that's what you call him. James? James. James and... All right. I wonder if I could hold him. I don't know. You know I, Jimmy, well, we're real buddies. You know that, don't you? All right, let us bow our heads. Lord God, Thou has blessed this home, the Arnett home, with this fine little boy. And I pray that You'll bless his father, his mother, his loved ones. They are Christians. How that his father fought so hard them cigarettes and different things from one day it come through thus saith the Lord. He was like the woman that was persistent that she was going to get there. Although his business failed and everything seemed to be failing, he still taken a portion of his money and waited for interview after interview till one morning it happened. He believed that it would. Now he brings this little boy that you have blessed him with. Oh, God, the fruit of their union. I bless this little James William Arnett. In the name of Jesus Christ, give him a long life. Make him a worthy man of your gospel for tomorrow, if there is a tomorrow. And finally, in the kingdom that is to come, may we be there together. I, as your servants, we lay our hands upon him. And dedicate him to Jesus Christ for this life of service. Amen. Got two more? These are the same ones, all right? I believe you'd almost miss them. This is Al and uh, Al and uh, Martha. Just let the congregation. I like them to see children. I think when they're little and young, they're sweet. Now let's lay our hands upon them. Likewise, Almighty God, we, your servants, lay our hands upon these children, the little brother and sister of this little boy that just dedicated us. We lay our hands upon them for a, a dedication from the mother and father to the arms of Jesus Christ for a life of service in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Lord be This young fellow, ah, he's a good boy. I used to be able to part my hair like that. What's his name? Carol Keith Walker. What a fine boy. I wonder. I just don't know. He looks at me kind of like he might. What am I going to wear? Is that right, Keith? Oh, he's a fine boy. Is that a jolly little boy? Harold, 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 Keith Walker. 
Almighty God, from the arms of the parents to the arms of Jesus Christ, uh, little Terrell Keith Walker, we lay our hands upon him in dedication to Almighty God, as a father and mother so desire that this baby shall be raised in the admonition of God. If there is a tomorrow, make him a servant worthy of this dedication. For we, your servants, lay our hands upon this yes, baby amen. and dedicate him to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. Bless you, brother. Is this Sister Walker? It's really fine. You've got a fine boy, and may God bless you. All right, sir. This little girl is Brother Grimsley, our Grandy. I'll get that mixed up. I got a Brother Grimsley. I keep thinking. Brother Grandy brings this little girl, and when she was born, she had a big knot in her face. And I prayed for her, and the knot moved. And now they want to pray because uh, is the parents Christian? They're not Christians, and they're afraid that an evil spirit is taking the child over. And they want it moved. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, upon this little child as it leans over the altar, which you've showed grace to remove a tumor knot in its mouth. Now an evil spirit tries to take the child's life. No doubt but what you could use this girl in planning on doing it, and Satan is trying to beset the plan. Therefore we charge Satan in Jesus Christ's name to take his his hands and his self away from this child Amen. as we give her to the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Amen. And if you believe, the child's too little to hard to have faith, but it'll be. I love him, don't you? He is wonderful. Now, everybody, I promised tonight that I would be out by 8.30, so that gives me half hour. I don't know now about that. I may be just a little bit later than that. But let us now, um, I'm glad to see Brother Dow here this morning. And I don't know where the other man went. But this morning, if he ever had a second, there was a man sitting right back there. It was a perfect second to him. I said, which is Brother Dow? I looked back and forth and I was going to name it. I was so wrapped up in the message. You know, Brother Dow, you look just like you always did. <laughs> I'm so glad to see him in that condition. Just... Recently, I had a long-distance call from Tucson to pray for him again that something else had happened to him. Brother Dow is, I think, 90 or either 91. He's 90 years old, I believe, or 91. And your body gets run down. But many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth him out of them all. And sometime when the body gets to a place to where it will not anymore hold together, I know he's holding to a hand. Though a cloud of dirt God promised to raise it up again in the last days. And I'm so thankful. I remember Brother Dow when he come into the pool here uh, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he didn't even have any clothes here to be baptized in, but wanted to go anyhow. And God has been gracious to that man. Just think, he's 20 years over the time that God promised him. That isn't grace. 
and still laying the other day with a complete heart failure and a heart attack. See? On top of that, and if God didn't heal that man and bring him up against him. And I believe since then his physician has died. Is that right? I under, yeah. they, even the physician, a Jewish physician, that, uh, that was a doctor and in the things that stood in the hall and talked to me about him, he's done gone on. See, my, how much, how deep is thy love, O Lord. How great is thy love. Now, we have some handkerchiefs here that we're going to pray over just in a few moments, but I'm going to speak a little bit on faith. And then uh, we'll see what the Lord leads, what we're going to do from now. Well, let's just leave it up to Him. That's the best way. All to be sitting together in heavenly places. I spoke to some of my friends today after I come out of the blue bar over there. And I they go stay for the service? Yes. I said, you'll probably have to drive till 12 or 1 o'clock. They expect to get home around 6 in the morning. Long ways away. Remember, they're human. They get tired just like me. Way down in Tennessee and around. They're going. The Lord bless them. There's so many things I could say. I just take up all the time. But I, I don't get to see you so often. And I, I just love to talk to you somehow. But if I don't get to tell you all I think about you here. See? I want to tell them brothers. Some of them dismiss their churches. Brother Jackson here this morning gave that beautiful interpretation of, the, of an unknown tongue that some brothers spoke in. And confirming or backing up that it was God. Did you notice? He never said it wasn't wrong. He never said it wasn't so. He just gave warning to listen. So, uh, Brother Junior was here this morning and dismissed his church. And I understand that other the brothers from down uh, the other churches, from here at Sellersburg, and, and uh, Brother Ruddle, he was here this morning. I don't know whether they're here tonight or not. Are they here again tonight? Well, the Lord bless you, Brother Ruddle. And you. I just can't express it. That's what I think. But maybe well, when we get over on the other side, I want to sit down with you for just 10,000 years apiece. <laughs> we'll talk it all over. And while the harvest is ripe and the labors are few, let's dig right into it. But chance there might be a sinner sitting by. There might be someone that tonight might change the whole course. And if it wasn't the time this morning, tonight might close the books. Remember, there will not be one more come in when their names are redeemed. Before, now everybody, listen real close before I read the scripture. All that ever would be redeemed, God put their name on the Lamb's book of life before the world ever come into creation. Amen. How many knows that? That's the scripture. And the Antichrist in the last days is going to be so close like the real thing, real church, everything is like Judas was. Until it would deceive that very elected if it was possible. Is that right? But no man can come to Jesus except God sends him. And all that God did give to him will come to him. And when he takes that book, the last name. See, all in the Lutheran age, he pulled them out. All in the Wesley age, he pulled them out. All in the different ages, the Pentecostal age, he pulls them out. They're over here. Won't be judged with them. They're raptured. And then, when the last name comes out that was put on the Lamb's book of life, that was slain before the foundation of the world, when that last name has been redeemed, his work is finished. He comes forth to claim what he has redeemed. That makes your heart bleed. But if it went on a thousand years later, 
there would not be one redeemed. And no one can be redeemed unless they were put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Who are they? I don't know. Nobody else knows. See? Just God alone. I'm trusting that every one of us, our names were on that book. If mine was on there, I'm sure to be there. If it wasn't, I won't be there. So, see, it's just, it's just up to God. It's not him that willeth, him that runneth, but God that showeth mercy. Amen. Now, let us now approach the word with all reverence and sincerity. And I think that's one thing we must do. See, let's stop so much nonsense. Be reverent, sincere. I notice those confessions sometimes when they, on television, when they had that Billy Graham's meeting. Not nothing against Billy Graham, but out there in California, the man preached a wonderful message that last night. Preached the very same thing that I preached here not long ago on Daniel, the art weighed in the balance and found wanting. How many saw it? Many of you, I guess. Look, did you notice those people coming from the aisles? Chewing, chewing gum, laughing, punching one another? That's not walking up between death and life. That's not sorry for sin and repentance. It's just what Billy said, making a decision. And a cold, dry-eyed decision is nothing. Not a thing. You've got to be sorry for sin and turn from it. And Billy himself said, proves that out of 30,000, you can't find 30 in a year. He said to the day, what's the matter with New York? I had that great meeting there. And what happened? Sin's worse than it ever was. And it will continue to get worse. There will be no re national repentance. The nation is gone. Amen. Just you individuals. And soon that'll be over if it isn't already. Now, you just mark that down, you young children. See how far Brother Branham, ain't Brother Branham, that what I've said is right or wrong. Sin will get worse and worse until one day the skies will catch on fire. She'll fall to the earth and the earth will burn with fervent heat. But the redeemed won't be here then. They'll be gone. Now, in the book of St. Mark, the 11th chapter, 1 John 4, 4, and in Matthew 28, 20, I wish to read. Now, first, I wish to read from St. Mark, the 11th chapter, and the 12th verse to the 24th. Listen real close now as we read. And now, this is going to back up for a little testimony and a few words of exhortation, and then we'll see what the Lord will have us to do. Everybody, just remain seated and be prayerful now as we read. Mark 11, 12. And on the morrow, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree far off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he come to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee from henceforth forever. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem. And Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them 
that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, It is written, My father's house shall be called the, of all nations the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him, for they, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. And when evening was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, that's another day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Within 24 hours, the miracle had taken place after he said to it, no man, he, nothing looked like happened then. But by the next day, it was dried up. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou did curse is withered away. Jesus, answering him, said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. It's on conditions. Now, I would like to read 1 John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because, listen close, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May I read it again now? Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Talking of the Antichrist. Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Two pronouns. He, personal pronoun. He that is in the world and he that's in you. He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. Now, and the, the 28th chapter of St. Matthew and the 21st, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Now, a text from that tonight, I would like to use this as a text. He that is in you. And on this, I wish to build faith, of course, for a prayer service. And just as quick, now, it is, as I've told you, I like to post you on events that has taken place. And I usually wait until I come to the, the church here to say the events 
And then if others likes to hear it, they can pick it up through the tapes. But I'll wait till I'm here. And there is at least to this event that I'm going to tell you about just now, there's several men here that's witness of these Christian brothers. One that was present was Brother Banks Woods. Another that was present was Brother David Woods. Another that's present here was Brother Evans and his son, Ronald. Another was present is our notable deacon, Brother Wheeler. And another present was Brother Mann. Uh, is Brother Mann here from New Albany, a Methodist preacher that I baptized in the name of Jesus Christ just recently. He was there also when this happened. It's been for some time, for a few years, that I have had a deep burden on my chest, that I, in my heart, it felt to me as if I had done something wrong. And I searched my life over and over and over to see what was wrong. Lord, if, if I've done anything wrong, then you just reveal it to me. What's wrong? And I'll go and make it right. But nothing would be revealed to me. I'd say, did I hurt somebody? Did I leave something undone? Have I, do I read enough? Do I pray enough? And I'd read and pray and, and I'd, I'd say, reveal it to me. Did I harm somebody somewhere? If I did, I'll make it right. Just show me. I don't want this burden. And for the last five years since I come off the field, there's been a burden hanging in my heart. I went to the mountains. I went to the seaside. I went everywhere and prayed and prayed and prayed. And it just wouldn't let up. And I thought of everything. If I had done anything, but it still it wouldn't let up. I was just in bondage like. And it's very strange that this would be lifted just at the time this message come forth of this morning. Now, was it God holding back for this? I don't know. See, I, these things is all in my mind. You can imagine what's in a man's heart when you put up with that, see, to think of what is taking place and know to tell the people knowing that some will get the wrong slant and some will go this way and that way and you know how it is. Some will believe and some won't, and, but that's what you have to put up with. How can you say it without hurting? How can you say it that it'll take effect? How can you say it to show the people that you're not uh, not picking on them, that you love them? How can you be strict and firm and yet be loving? And oh, How are you going to present it? And then woe unto me if I don't present it, see? And there you are, see? It, no wonder it keeps you nervous and tore up. I had come down from... From, uh, come up from Arizona to meet a bunch of brethren here that goes hunting with me up in Colorado each year. Now, some people has wondered, why do you go hunt? What makes you? See, here, you are filling up. I'm emptying out. There, I'm filling up so I can't empty out. See? Now, I don't go just to shoot game. While people, anyone here that goes with me, knows that I've passed by hundreds of head of game and never even touch them. I don't. I hear not long ago I begin to shoot game for the Christian businessman. When he go up and say, Billy, get me a bull, get me a cow, get me an elk, get me this or that. The other. I'd go out and <laughs> just shoot game from right and left. The Lord helped me so I could see and find game and pretty fair shooting and hit them. And, and uh, they just sit around and talk about their business. Then the Lord told me not to do that no more, and I, I felt bad about it, so I promised him I wouldn't do it no more. 
No, I said, if it's emergency and somebody needs it, I'll do it. But if they don't need it, I won't do it. You're saying, man, they got plenty of money to buy beef and stuff. So why should I do that? Let the animal live if you're not going to use it. So um, I just go to be alone. And any man that ever goes hunting with me knows I don't hunt with anybody. I go out to myself to get alone. I go with them to have fellowship at night, stand around and pray and so forth. But there was many other ministers there. There was up in the mountains this year was our Brother Palmer. I believe I saw him somewhere. While, here, he is sitting here. Brother Palmer and a Brother Bob Lambert. He was here this morning. I heard him shouting somewhere. I guess he's still here. And then there was a Brother, the two Martin boys. I guess they're here. Are they Martin boys? Brother, the Brother Martin. You called me the other day. That was good. That boy... Uh, was healed, that brother minister. Are you here? The one I prayed for on the phone the other day. I uh, forget his name. From down in Arkansas there. His wife called me. The man is all swelled up in the side and high fever dying. The same man that was called out down at the, the Little Rock or the Hot Springs meeting, sitting in the meeting. And it's a fine looking fellow. He's here. I guess he won't raise up now at all. But uh, I forget his name. I can't think of his name. Blair. Brother Blair. Somebody. Well, now, sitting in the meeting at Little Rock, how many was that, uh, I mean, at the Hot Springs, how many was at the meeting? And the Holy Spirit called that young fella and told him that the devil was trying to get him to renounce me, to say I was a false prophet. And the man witnessed it was the truth. You see what the devil is doing? The man don't go to doctors. He don't believe in going to doctors. But the Satan knew this disease was going to strike him, and he could kill him right there. See? So he's trying to get him to renounce me. And the Holy Spirit and grace called him out and told him not to do that. The man being a stranger. Called him not to do that. And the other night, his wife called me and said, Brother Branham, I believe he's dying. Said he's, he's all swelled out. His fever is out of his head nearly. And so the last thing he said, call Brother Branham. And I said, have you got anything? Your purse with a handkerchief? No. I was in Tucson. She was in Arkansas. And I said, you got it? She said, I believe her scarf. I said, now put your hand on the scarf. And I hold a receiver the other hand. And I prayed and asked God to be merciful and to renounce that enemy. And she went and laid the scarf on the man. And the next morning he called me. In <laughs> 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 about 24 hours or less than that, our precious brother, I haven't seen him tonight yet, Brother Roy Roberson. And at once, you know, Brother Roy, kind of a military man. If he's here, I, I hope he understands because I'm... I'm not condemning that. But everything's strapped. He's a sergeant in the army, you know, and you have to kind of get used to handling man like they do in the army. Well, these spiritual things were somebody else, not him. But the Lord spared him. He would have been dead. They laid him out for dead for a long time. The Lord healed him. He's followed ever since. But all this spiritual stuff he didn't know about in visions. And here not long ago, many know the vision that was given to Brother Roy even before I went out there. About him seeing me standing up on the mountain there in that light and a voice coming from him. That took all doubt from Brother Roy. And the other night, he was stricken in such a place until he was so sick and got so high and fever and stuff. And the doctor had given him medicine and everything. And then it didn't do no good. And he even become to a place till he couldn't even move himself anymore. His legs and things was like paralyzed. And a poor little brother has been shot to pieces with shrapnel from a 88 German 88 and it's a, it was just a, I think all of his whole crew was killed but he, and um, there he was blown to pieces and you know what happened I told his noble wife Sister Roberson to, she said I said got anything there she said I got a handkerchief you want to pray or go get it and I was in Tucson and laid 
her hand up on that and prayed and rebuked and said, Sister Overson, it's going to be gone. You something told me there, it's going to be gone. Say it. And within a half hour, the fever is gone. He's in the kitchen hunting something to eat. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, don't never lose your confidence. Don't let Satan tell you evil about me because he's much. But you keep that confidence because if you don't, it won't happen. Don't look to me as a man. I'm a man. I'm full of mistakes. But look to what I'm saying about him. It's him. He's the one. As we were in Colorado, as we were up there, we went back and it had been real dry. Game was scarce. Brother Wheeler, the Lord blessed him and gave him a, a fine trophy. And we were so happy about that. That's the first time he's ever in woods hunting. And the Lord blessed him. And then I had shot a big trophy that I had looked for for 20 years. Been watching Brother Banks and I. Been after him for a long time. And when I did, shooting my rifle in down in a hot country, bringing up into a cold, it swelled the stock all over the glass bedded. And it shot it several inches off and hit the animal, standing between trees, or it ought to hit him lower than that, which would have humanely killed the animal in a second. But it hit him so high, it, he jumped and like he fell like that. And Billy was with me, and he said, I got him. I thought it did too, but when we went over there, it wasn't so. He said, you hit a tree. I looked up, and now there's no mark on the tree. And then I went to searching for it. And then there come a warning sign there was practically a hundred men just above us and brother palmer and them is a witness of that and brother evans that's right he was there brother welch evans and his boy ronnie i believe i called him a while ago and great loads of men that went up above us what to call the cow camp up there where the cowboy stays and rides uh, keeps the cows separated i used to stay in that camp myself and herd those cattle and keep them apart and then um, so in there there's about a hundred men, but anyone knows in that country, when a blizzard is forecast, you better get away right now. That's why Brother Palmer and them left early, because he only had a three-speed transmission in their car, and they had to get out of there, because weather, you're there, and you might stay for weeks. So they said, there is a blizzard coming, the forecast, the papers, the radio, load after load, practically everything from up around in there, left out. They're gone right now, because they know to get out of there. But my brethren had two deer license, and they, they didn't want to go. So um, I said, well, we'll stay. But I had a meeting coming up in about six days, and I had to go back to Tucson. So my little wife, we've been married 22 years, and 20 years on our anniversary, I've been up there every time. <laughs> Just happens to hit me. So I, I got a little place I always walk out and pray, and it looked like a place where I took her. You know, I made kind of a little thing. You know, I didn't have enough money to take a hunting trip and my honeymoon. So I, I, I kind of tucked my wife on a hunting trip for the honeymoon. <laughs> so we was in New York, and I remember helping her up over logs and things to get into a place. And I got a little place out there. I always think of her when I go there on our anniversary. October 23rd is when season's open there. And 20 years I haven't been home. <laughs> always up there. So that day was our anniversary. And brother man, I said, now if you, brother, and I said to the fire that morning, now if, that night, brother, if you all want to stay, now remember, we may be in here for a month. Because <laughs> I've seen 20 foot of snow fall just in a little, uh, overnight. Just, you go out there and you're just as dry and nice, and the next morning snow is just neat, or uh, maybe over top of your tent. So then, I said, and then you stay there until that melts off. So you're about 15 to 20 miles back in the wilderness. 
And so then I said, and if it gets an emergency, of course, they send in helicopters and get you out. But usually they just, nobody perishing. They just have to wait there. So everybody scats this as soon as they hear that broadcast, uh, a forecast, rather. So we were back there. And I said, now, you make up your mind. If you want to stay, I'm here to hunt with you. And I'll call my wife and tell her happy anniversary. <laughs> but I said, then, in that, I will also, I, we will we'll get some groceries because we might have to stay in here without a bread then. And I don't want to see any more flapjacks for a long time. <laughs> and pancakes. So then, I'd been eating them in Canada for about 21 days, and I sure had a fill of them things. And uh, so then, uh, I want to get some bread. So they said they wanted to stay, so there wasn't nothing to do to stay. But Brother Man and I went out. And we went down there, and I got the groceries, and I called the wife, and the phone wouldn't answer. No one answered. So I waited about an hour till we got to the grocery shop, went back, called. She didn't answer. And I had to call Sister Evans. I believe Sister Evans is here. And I told, yeah, Brother Evans, Sister Evans is here. So I called Sister Evans for Brother Evans and told him. She said, I'll call Sister Branham and tell her. <laughs> A happy anniversary, of course, you know. So, but she'd gone shopping to get some groceries for the children. And then we come back, and the next morning, what was in the skies but clouds? It hadn't rained up there all fall, and it was really dry. And they'd prolong the hunting season a few days extra on count of the dryness. Well, I said to the brethren that morning, now the first drop of rain starts to fall, the first snow, the first sleet, anything. Take for the camp just as hard as you can because within 15 minutes you can't see your hand before you. See? And it'll just twist and blow. And I don't care how well you know the country, you, you're going to stay right there and you'll perish because sometimes you can't even breathe. The sleet blowing, so they, you die right there. And I said as soon as it starts with that sleet, you take for the camp just as hard as you can. I don't care where you are. Well, I said... Go up here and set these gulches, and I'll climb way high and roll rocks over the hill and so forth. Scare the deers off the top and run them down. You pick out what you want. So I started climbing high, and by the time I got up to where we call the saddle, a little place there, and I always cross over to go to a place called Quaker Knob, right on the Continental Divide there, way high. And when I got to almost this little saddle, the clouds were getting blacker and blacker. wasn't a car left, just us up there, as far as a cowboy on the camp. So it got, it got worse and worse. So in a few minutes, it started raining. Well, I took my gun and put it under my coat, keep the scope from smoking up and, and uh, stop getting wet, whether running to a bear or something coming back. So I, I held my scope like that and sat down under a tree a little bit. And I sat there and prayed. I said, Lord God, you're the great Jehovah. And I love you. How many experiences have I had? I pointed out to the brother, Brother Palmer and them, the places where the eagle, you know, I seen him rise up that day, you know, and how, that, the places where it all taken place in there. It's a temperamental thing to me in there. I've had so many great experiences with my Lord up in that mountains. So you just can't go there without seeing him. He's just everywhere. So then as I'm, I sat there, then the sleet started and the wind twisting like that. And I said, well, I know the way down, but I better get off of here right now. So I said, it, it looked down, and I couldn't even see the bottoms no more. Them clouds just whirling and twisting and sleet a-blowing. And there it was, the blizzard, forecast for several days, a big blizzard coming. Brother Tom, is your brother Tom Simpson, coming down from Canada, heard the forecast, and he was advised not to go through that part of the country because his forecast said it'll be blizzard. Where are you, Brother Tom? I think that, yeah, right here. And um, he, the blizzard was coming. Everybody done set in for it. Well, I put my gun back under my shirt, like this, my red shirt, started walking down the mountain. 
And as I started, I got about a half a mile from the saddle, and oh my, the big drops of snow like that, and the wind twisting up on that mountain and blowing. I couldn't see the bottom no more. I could see about 20 feet in front of me at 30. I know to come right down this little, what we call a hogback, little ridge, and I'd come off to the creek, and then I know to follow the creek and where to go to if it got real bad. And um, so then I started down and got about halfway down there, and something said to me, just as plain as you hear me, stop and go back. Well, I thought, <laughs> what was I thinking about? Maybe it's just my mind. And I just couldn't make another step forward. David had fixed me a sandwich that morning. And I think he tried to get Eve with me for fixing his daddy one one time of onion and honey. That's all we had. So he fixed me a bologna and, oh, I don't know what all it was, wrapped in there. I had it in my shirt. And it done got wet through my shirt. I thought I'll just stop and eat this and maybe I'll, it'll be all right then. So I pulled out the sandwich about 10 o'clock and I started eating the sandwich. And as I eat the sandwich, I thought, now nah, I'll be all right. And I started to move on. But something said, go back where you come from. Go back to that storm. Half a mile or more back up the mountain into that dark timber where you can then hardly see as far as that Oregon. But I'm getting to be an old man. And I've been a Christian now for 33 years. And I know no matter what, how ridiculous it seems, mind the Lord. Hear what the Lord said. And I turned and went back to the saddle, feeling my way back, all asleep, getting harder and harder, getting darker and darker. And I sit down there and just put my coat up like this, or my shirt, over the scope again, sit down, and I thought, what am I doing here? Why would I come back up here? And I just waited a few minutes and I started to get up again and just as plain as I ever want to hear, a voice said, I am the creator of heavens and earth. I make the winds and the rain. I took off my hat. I said, great Jehovah, is that you? He said, I was the one who made the winds to cease upon the sea. I was the one who made the waves to go down. I created heavens and earth. Was I, I not the one that told you to speak to those for squirrels and they come into existence? I am God. Now, when a voice speaks to you, what's the scripture? If it's not scriptural, you leave it alone. I don't care how plain it is. You stay away from it. I said, yes, Lord. He said, speak to those winds and that storm. And it'll go away. Now this Bible lays before me, which my life is in that. I raised up, I said, I do not doubt your voice, Lord. I said, clouds, snow, rain, sleet. I resent your coming. In the name of Jesus Christ, go to your places. I say that the sun must come out immediately and shine for four days till our hunting trip is over and I'll leave with my brethren. It's just gushing, just like, like that. And it started going, and I went, stopped. I stood real still. My brethren up there wondering what was happening. And the uh, Sleet, rain stopped. There came a wind whirling down through the mountains, lifted up the clouds. 
One went this way, east, north, west, and south. And within a few minutes, the sun was shining nice and warm. That's truth. God knows that's truth. I just stood there, just looking around with my hat off, looking. I, you say, I got numb all over. I thought the very God of creation, it's all in His hands. What's He telling me? And I picked up a gun, wiped off the scope, started to walk back, go down the hill, and something said to me, why don't you stroll with me through this wilderness? Walk with me. I said, yes, Lord. With all my heart. It would be one of the greatest things I could do was walk with you. So I put my gun over my shoulder and I started walking. Down through that never axe laid in a virgin timber. Walking through there. And as I did, walked along, down along these game trails. I felt like I believe I will go up to the place where yesterday was our anniversary. And I will stand there just a few minutes. This is a little salute to Meaty. At or it's a little bunch of quaking ass up on a little knob. And I said, I believe I'll walk up there just as a salute to our anniversary. Then I'll go back down on this other side in these dark timbers and walk around and go around over by towards Corral Peaks and come back down that way. Just walking and rejoicing. I said, Father, I know you are walking with me. And what a privilege. There's nobody greater I could be walking with. The very God in that warm sunshine. Even to when I come out of the mountains. I stopped at filling stations and I said, beautiful day. Three days later, it never rained in that part of the country until the four days was over. The sun shined every day. Is that right, brethren? And not a cloud in the sky. And I come out to a filling station and I said, um, sure, beautiful day. Yes, it is. I said, been awful dry. I said, it's a strange thing, this attendant said. I said, you know, they told us we was going to get a big blizzard. But all of a sudden it stopped. I come on down on the New Mexico line, Billy and I, my son, we went into a little place there to get some, uh, the morning we left, and I said, sure, pretty day. Yes, it is. I said, looks like it's been pretty dry. Yes, it has been. I said, are you from here? I said, nope. I'm from Wisconsin or somewhere. I said, I've been out here about 20 years, so I guess you could call it home. I said, uh, you're a native then, I guess. So I said, yes, sir. I said, looks like it's been awful dusty. He said, you know, the strangest thing happened said, we had a forecast that was going to get a blizzard and a lot of snow, and it actually started and then quit. And I said, you don't say so. <laughs> I, said, um, I come home, and Brother Tom said that he was told not to go that way, a blizzard soon. He come right through the country without even a sprinkle of rain or anything. Have still God. Amen. Just as much as he Amen. ever was. See? Walking up there, I was going along. Now, this part, I hope my wife don't get this tape. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something and I, I, I don't tell you I just tell you the truth see that's the only way to do it I've often wondered why she didn't complain about me going on those trips on her anniversary you know what I had made up my mind I said there's so many people around the house and then I'm always you know I am nervous and everything I talk I want to talk about is God the vibe or something maybe she just thinks it's a little rest for her <laughs> she Get me away for a few days to go hunting. I had thinking of that going along. I, that, I'm, I, I apologize to her and I'm, I'm ask God to forgive me for such thoughts. Because it's going along, I thought, well, she thinks, well, my goodness, she, she's a worker, you know. And, and all the time when she's out in the kitchen or somewhere out, 
And any of you knows there's that washing machine's going all the time. And so I go out, I pull her out, I said, don't be washing like that. Talk to me. See? Uh, I love you. I want you to tell me something. <laughs> tell me you do too. She said, well, you know I do. Remember, I don't wash in this washing <laughs> I don't want you to do that. I want you to come in here and sit down by me. Oh, Bill, I got so much work to do. And I thought, well, see, going up here, she gets time to do her work. Go along there thinking that. Now, remember, I laid this Bible up here so you'd see it I'm before the Word. As I was walking along, something happened to me. I started, first I think about when I taking her on a honeymoon up there, she was a pretty little black-headed, brown-eyed girl. And I was lifting her over these logs, you know, and everything, and trying to get her up there to this place where I'd killed some bear. And I wanted to show her on it, so where I got this bear. And she had on my cowboy boots, and that's about 22 years or 21 years before that, 20 Two years, I believe it was, ago, we were married on 1941. I was picking her up and over these logs. And I thought, now, poor little fellow, <laughs> putting up with me, she's done turned great. And I thought, well, I went, <clears throat> and I hadn't shaved for a few days, and I found out I was gray, too. <laughs> and I see my beard sticking out here gray, and I thought, oh, boy, you just about finished now. See, if you go do anything, you better hurry up. You're getting old, too. And so as I went along like that, something taking place. All of a sudden, in every motion, principle, I was a boy. I thought as a boy. I had my head down. And I looked up, and just as plain as I ever saw her, there she stood before me with her arms out. And I stopped, rubbed my face. I looked, I said, Meaty, is that you, honey? I looked here. I thought, now what's happened? And I thought, yes, I'm walking with him. And it changed then. I was back an old man again. And the vision was gone from front of me. And I stopped. I took my hat off again. Put it over my heart. I said, Jesus, my heart has been so burdened for years. I don't have to tell you that I'm burdened. I've repented. I've repented. I've done everything I know. And why is it this burden don't leave me? And I just started walking on. And as I climbed this little knoll, just about 30, 40 yards in front of me, I started up this little knoll. I began to feel real weak. And there was a little quaking ass about 10 inches through, come up and made it like an L, and then went up again. And just as I got there, I felt so weak, I was staggering. So I just I had my cap back on again, I just laid my head up against this. fit me just right to lay my head right here against that little quaking ass like this. It's a really a popper. It's like, it looks like a birch, you see. And it's, um, I was laid against there, and I was just standing there with my head down. That warm sun hit me in the back, and I think, the very God that departed that rain, that wind. And I heard something going, pat, pat, spat. I thought, what's that? The water's all blowed off. sun is out. What's that spat? I looked down. It was water from my own eyes, cutting down through the gray beard and dropping off on the dry leaves that God had dried up laying before me. And I just stood there like this, just against the tree. My hand, this hand down my head, laying against the tree. My hand on a rifle sling, like this, I stand there crying. I said, God, I'm not worthy to be your servant. I said, I, I'm sorry. I, I, made a, I made many mistakes, but I didn't mean to make mistakes, Lord. You've been so good to me. My eyes closed. I heard something going, stomp, 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 stomp. 
I raised my eyes, and standing right in front of me come three deer. And I thought, there's Brother Evans one, Brother Woodson. There's the three deer. See, just what I'm looking for. Now the rain dried up. I reached to get my rifle. I said, I can't do that. I promised God that I wouldn't do that. I promised him I wouldn't do it. And something said to me, but there it is. And I thought, yes, that's what um, a man told David one time. God's delivered him. I said, into your hands, you know, King Saul. And Joab told him, said, kill him. There he lays. And he said, God forbid. That touches an on And those deer stood there and looked at me. And I thought, they can't get away. There's no way for them to get away. They're not 30 yards from me. And I got this rifle standing here, and there's three deer. Uh, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. It's a doe and two big fawns. And so I, I, I just couldn't take the rifle. I said, I can't. I, I never moved. I just stayed there. I said, I can't do it. Because I promised God I wouldn't do it. Though them brethren, they, they don't need them deer. See? I, I can't do this. I just can't do it. And that doe come, walked. Now listen, there had been a hundred men shooting at him up there for four or five days. Scary. The first sign of red, and I had a red shirt, red cap. The first sign, they're gone. But sh- they were standing there, all three of them, looking right at me. I said, Mother, take your babies and go on out in the woods. You're in my hands. Uh, your life is in my hands. I ain't going to hurt you. I promised God that I would. And she walked closer. She looked at me. All of them walked closer. So it comes so close they could eat out of my hands. They don't, and the wind blowing right on them. So she turned around, walked back a little piece, all three of them. And here she come back again. Walked right up to me. I never moved, just stood there. I said, go on out into the woods. I love it too. Live. Your life is in my hands, but I'll spare you. You couldn't get away. You know you couldn't. I can kill all three of them in just about one second, three seconds anyhow, just as fast as I could fire. And they couldn't get away standing right by me. I said, I spare you. Go on, live. And I stood there. They went walking on, went on into the woods. I wiped my face like that. Just then, something happened. A voice spoke out. This is clear out of them blue skies, not a cloud. It all been within just about just a little bit of time. And a voice spoke out and said, You remembered your promise, didn't you? I said, Yes, Lord. He said, I'll remember mine too. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> the burden left my heart. It hasn't been there since. May it never again. Then I come to Tucson. Strange thing, I have never had so much happening since I've come down. I, I believe it was God holding for that hour. Hey, I believe the time is now at hand where something must take place. If we only could receive this truth, now just a moment. If we only could realize what this scripture means, He that is in you is greater than he that's in the world. We can't understand that. Yet we say we believe it. And we know it's true. But we really don't understand it. 
Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What is in you that's greater? It's Christ. The anointed God that was in Christ is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he is in the world. Then if he is in you, it's not you anymore living. It's him living in you. It's not your thinking, what you would think about this. It's what he said about this. Then if he is in you, he absolutely would not deny what he said. He couldn't do it. But he would keep what he has said. And he's trying to find that person that he can vindicate himself through. Now, that doesn't mean he has to do it to everybody. In the time that Moses led the children of Israel, there was one that was Moses. The rest of them just followed the message. Amen. See, some of them tried to rise up to impersonate it, and God said, separate yourself, and just swallowed them up. Amen. Now, but he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. God in you, like he was in Jesus Christ, Because what all God was, he poured into Christ, and all Christ was, he poured into the church. That's God in you, he that's in you. No wonder winds and waves obeyed him, obeyed his words, obeyed his words because it was God's word through him. He was a man, but he was the word made flesh. And when he spoke, it was God speaking through human lips. See? No wonder the winds and the waves, the very creator that created the winds and the waves, was in him. Now think of it. Think deep now before I come to this moment of closing. No wonder demons paralyzed at his word. It was God in him. It was God in Christ. That demons was paralyzed. No wonder the dead that was turning back to the dust could not lay there at his word. For he was the word. He said to Lazarus, after being dead and stinking, four days his face, nose, and fell in in that much time. Lazarus come forth, and a man dead raised up on his feet. Why? It was God. He that was in Christ was God. The dead could not stand in his presence. It was God in Christ. The winds. Now remember, God created the winds. It's air. God created the waves. It's water. But when the devil got into it, he got a tumbling to bring destruction. God created man to be sons of God. But when the devil gets into him, see, it's trouble. Now that was a devil that got into the winds that sent that storm. Couldn't the creator that created the winds say, go back where I created you? Isn't that the same creator was standing on Colorado Hill the other day? Amen. Hey, isn't that the same one that could take a piece of fish and break it and another piece grow on? He didn't actually have to have that. He could have said it. Isn't that the same creator that created squirrels? Amen. Then he that was in Christ is in us. Amen. See? For it does the same works he did. The same thing. The dead could not stand in his presence at his word. Look, we have five bona fide statements of people dead and the Lord giving vision and going to them and raising them back. Here's that's one right here now. Amen. That died right where he's sitting right there. Amen. 
Here he is alive. And I fell in a heart attack. There's his wife, a nurse. We went out. Everything was gone. His eyes set and gone. Here he is alive. Far greater is he that's in here in us than he that's in the world. Greater is he. It's God the creator. The winds and the waves had to obey him. Demons become paralyzed. All nature obeyed him because he was the creator of nature. Oh, when we think that, it takes the bite out. Then we understand these things, you see. What is it? It isn't man. Man cannot do that. Man's part of the creation. Okay? But it's the winds and the waves that obeys the creator. Okay? And it takes the creator to do it. For he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. He that can cause the turmoil, that's he that's in the world. He that's in you is the creator who made the winds. He can rebuke the devil out of the winds and there's a calm. He can rebuke the devil out of the storm and there's no storm. He's the creator. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See? The devil is of the world. The world belonged to him. It's always been his. Why art thou fallen, O Lucifer, the son of the morning? See? This world belonged to him. That's when he kicked out of heaven, he come back to it. See? He was the one who said to Christ, These kingdoms are mine. I'll do with them as I will. They belong to him. And he's the one that's in the world. John had just told the disciples, You've heard of Antichrist, who is to come and is already here working in the children of disobedience. But little children, you're not of this world. Amen. You're of God and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. That's Christ in you. He that, that created the heavens and earth was made manifest in the person of Jesus Christ, God in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Let's see, you say that was the Son of God, oh Brother Branham. All right, let's find out. If he's the eternal, everlasting God. Greater was he that was in Joshua than the Son. And Joshua was a man, sin born like you and I. And greater was he that was in Joshua and in the Son that was running by the commandment of God. God commanded that Son to shine and turn itself around and is governed and controlled by the laws of God. But greater was he that was in Joshua than the laws of God was. Because the Creator Himself was in Joshua. When Joshua looked up to the sun and said, You stand there where you're at. And moon, you hang there where you're at till I finish this battle. And the sun and the moon obeyed him. For he that was in Joshua was greater than the, the sun and the moon. He that was in Joshua. He that was in Moses was greater than Egypt. Egypt was the mighty armies of the world. They had the world conquered at that time. But greater was he that was in Moses than Egypt was because Moses overcome Egypt. Greater was he that was in Moses than even nature itself. Did you ever think that God took his word and gave it to Moses and said, go out there and command that the sun don't shine. And the sun was pitch dark. Is that right? He can make the sun to shine and the clouds to go back. Or he can make the sun to be black. He's God. He can do whatever he wishes to. And he is in the believing child. Amen. That's it. There wasn't a flea in sight. It might have been wintertime. There's no flies. 
But God said to Moses, go speak my words. Now I'll put in your mind what to say. And you go out there and pick up some dirt off the ground and throw it up into the air, the dust, and said, let there be fleas. And fleas was crawling probably several inches deep all over the ground in a few hours. Amen. Is that right? The Creator. There wasn't any frogs, so he stretched out his rod and said, let there be frogs. And they were everywhere, piled up to the whole land was stinking. Is that right? Amen. When he come to the Red Sea and he was in his way, God said, speak to the sea. And Moses spoke to the sea, and greater is he that was in Moses than the sea was itself. Amen. Is that right? Yes. Oh, my. Now you see, greater was he that was in Moses than he that's in the world. Greater is he that was in Moses than any nature there is in the world. He commanded nature at whatever God told him to say. He said it, and that's the way it was. That same God is with us tonight. Amen. Not only with us, but in us. Amen. He's proved he was in us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What are we afraid of the world? Amen. Here the other day, they found a, uh, some kind of a dinosaur tooth up here around, uh, uh, I guess you all heard about it, up here at uh, Niagara Falls. Said it weighed six pounds. I thought they were going to say it come out of a man, but uh, I think they finally defined it as some kind of a prehistoric animal. Those animals probably live one time on the earth. Where are they now? Do you know God Almighty could command dinosaurs to come up on this earth in the next hour? They'd be 40 miles deep. Amen. You know God could destroy this world with fleas. He could call for fleas. Where do they go when they die? What happens to the house fly? What happens to the grasshopper? Winter time comes and goes 40 below zero. They go out the next spring, grasshoppers all over everywhere. Where did they come from? He's a creator that speaks it into existence. He's God. Nature obeys his word. Where many of our brethren gets excited, they get impressed that God says do a certain thing, and they say it's thus saith the Lord when it isn't. That's the reason it don't happen. But when it's God really telling it, it's got to happen. It's got to be that way. When God speaks it, it has to be. Greater is he that was in Moses than he that was in Egypt. <laughs> Greater is he that was in Moses than anything Pharaoh could do. All of his enchantments. Greater was he that was in Moses than the, he that was in the magicians. See? Greater was he that was in Moses than all nature. Greater he that was in Daniel was greater than the lions. <laughs> he could stop them hungry lions. So anything you can stop anything is greater than what he stopped. So the lions rushed out hungry to eat Daniel, and greater was he that was in Daniel than he that was in the lion. Now when the lion was first created, he was a friend of man. It's the devil that makes him do that. That's right. In the millennium, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and shall lay down with the bullock. They'll not hurt or destroy in a millennium. The devil will be gone. It's the devil that makes wild beasts uh, a tear and rip and eat and things like that the way they do. It's Satan that does that. But greater was he that was in Daniel than he that was in the line. See? Greater was he in that prophet than he that was in the line. Greater was he that was in the Hebrew children. Greater was he that was in them than he that was in the fire. <laughs> For they 
was thrown into the fire, and he that was in them was with them, and kept the fire from burning them when the furnace was hit seven times hotter than it ever was hit. Is that right? Greater was he that was with the Hebrew children than he that was in the world. There sat Nebuchadnezzar, a belt of Caesar, Nebuchadnezzar, I believe it was, that had the furnace hit seven times hotter than it ever was, inspired by the devil to take these people because they were standing for the word of God and throw them into this furnace seven times hotter than it ever was, and it couldn't even burn them. For greater was he that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego than he that's in the world. Absolutely. Oh, my. Greater was he that was in Elijah than the brassy skies was, because he could bring rain out of brassy skies that hadn't rained for three years and six months. Greater is he that was in Elijah than death. For when it come time for him to die, God seen that old tarred prophet. He'd been rebuking Jezebel and all of her paint and modern things. And he was kind of tired, so he didn't even let him walk home like he did Enoch. He sent a chariot and picked him up and took him up home. Greater is he that was in Elijah than he that was in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in the mountains. Greater was he that was in Elijah than death itself. Greater is he that was in Elijah than the grave. Because he escaped the grave. He escaped death. And he just went up home in a chariot. See, greater was he and he was in Elijah. You say, oh, well, that was a great man. Wait a minute. The Bible said he was a man that had like passions like you and I. Amen. That's right. But when he prayed, he believed he got what he prayed for. What Jesus said to us, when you pray, believe that you receive what you ask for. It shall be done. He prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years and six months. See, greater was he that was in Elijah than nature. Then what about healing the sick? See, greater is he that's in you than the sickness. See, because that's an interruption of interrupting the very laws of God. Sickness is. Well, the greater is he that's in you that's a healer and creator than the, than the devil that's interrupted the very program of your life. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See? Greater was he that was in Elijah. Greater was he in Isaiah than time was. Or any of those prophets because they seen a past the time. See? Greater is he that was in Job than even the skin worms and death in the grave. Because by a vision he saw the coming of the Lord and said, my Redeemer liveth, and at the last day he'll stand up on the earth. And though after my skin worms destroys this body, yet in my flesh I'll see God. Amen. Uh, Greater is he that was in Job than death. Because death tried to take him and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because he said, I'll rise up again. And he did. He did it. Listen. wish we had time to go further on this, but I'd like to ask the question that I heard remarked the other day. About Christ in you. Now, don't, don't lay it rest up on something that you've done. Say, I felt a little shiver. I, I, I spoke in tongues. I, I danced in the Spirit. Nothing against that now. That's all right. See, that's, but don't rest up on that. See, Amen. your life's got to be this. Amen. This is it. You and this has to become one. And then this manifests itself. See, Now, what if, what if tonight that you could say with all your heart that the spirit of Shakespeare lived in you? That Shakespeare lived in you. You know what you do? You do the works of Shakespeare. 
you'd you'd uh, you would create poems and uh, and uh, plays and so forth because Shakespeare was that type of an artist, a great writer, a poem writer. Now, if Shakespeare lived in you, the works of Shakespeare you would do. Is that right? What if Beethoven lived in you? What if Beethoven lived in you? You know what you do? You'd write songs like Beethoven. The great composer. You'd write songs like Beethoven because Beethoven would be your life. You would be a Beethoven reincarnated again. If Beethoven lived in you, the works of Beethoven you would do. Because Beethoven lived in you. Is that right? But he that is in you is Christ. And if Christ is in you, the works of Christ you'll do. If Christ lives in you. He said so. St. John uh, 14, 12. He that believeth in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. If you was in Christ, or if Christ lived in you, then Christ is the Word. Is that right? And the Word come to his prophets. See? And if you, Christ, lived in you, the works of Christ would be done through you. The life of Christ would be lived through you. The works he did, the life he lived and everything, it would live in you just like if Shakespeare, Beethoven, or whoever it was lived in you. If his life, but if you're still living your own life, then your own works you'll do. But if you're living the life of Christ, if Christ is in you, he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. If your doubts and frustrations about God's promise is in you, then Christ isn't there. You're only worked up. But if the life, if Christ is living in you, his word he will recognize and his promise he'll do. He'll do. When thou prayest, believe that you receive what you ask for and it shall be given to you. If you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you can have what you say. The Father worketh, and I work at the other two. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself, but what he sees the Father doing. That doeth the Son likewise. See? And when the Father showed him what to do, walked out there without a failure of anything and said, let it be. And it was. And that same Christ lives in you. It lives in us. Then his works will do because Christ is the word. And the promise of the word brings healing to you. Do you believe that? Amen. Sure. Amen. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. As I pray, uh, asked a while ago there in Matthew 24, see, or Matthew 28, 20. See? He said, I will come to you, be in you. I, the person Christ, in the form of the Holy Ghost, will come and live in you. Then you won't be your you won't be yourself no more. I'll be in you. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See? Hebrews 13, 8 says he's same yesterday and forever. He that was in Noah was greater than the judgments of water. And he that's in you is greater than the judgments of fire. Amen. He that's in you is greater because he paid the judgment and conquered the judgment for you. There's no fear about it. You're in there. Yes. Greater is he that was in Noah than he that was in the judgments of the water that destroyed the world which believed not. Because Noah believed and greater was he in him that 
believed him that spoke to him than he that was in the world that Noah escaped all the judgment because of the word of God was greater than that and he lifted above the judgment. Amen. Amen. Greater. How we could hang on that for a while, see? Greater is he that was in David than the bear that stole his sheep. Greater is he that was in David than the lion that come in and took one of his lambs. Greater is he that was in David than the enemy Goliath. The great Philistine that stood there some 12, 14 feet tall with 14 inch fingers on him with a spear like a weaver's needle and covered all over with a two or three inches thick of steel or metal brass. But what was in David was greater Amen. than what it was in him. He was power muscles. He was a warrior. He could just say, pick up David by the end of his spear and hang him up and let the birds eat. David said, you meet me as a Philistine in the name of a Philistine. You curse me in the name of the Philistine God. And said, you made your brag what you'll do. You meet me with an armor and a spear. But I meet you in the name of the Lord God. And today I'll take your head from your shoulders. And he did it. Because greater was he that was inspiring David for that courage. Greater is he that's in you than that wheelchair. Greater is he that's in you than that stretcher. Greater is he that's in you than that cancer. Greater is he that's in you than that affliction. Greater is he than anything that there is a devil could put on you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he. Yes. Greater was David. What was in David? God and David. He is in us. That's the Christ. He was the conqueror of every enemy for us. When he was here on earth, he conquered sin. He conquered sickness. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. And now he lives in us as a conqueror. Amen. He conquered sickness, hell, death, grave, and come to us to set us free from all things. And greater is he that's in you than he that can put these bluffs over on you. Yes, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's how these miracles happen. That's how that wind ceased the other day. Could a human being do that? No, sir. It's impossible. When I stood there crying, and them winds are ripping, and... How many in here was up there? Let's see you raise your hands. Raise your hands up. Everybody was up there that, uh, up in Colorado then, uh, at that time. All right? Brother Fred, I guess, is the only one that was present then. I thought maybe Brother Mann was here. But you, uh, Brother, uh, Brother Evans was... He, uh, Brother Evans was up there at that time. Yeah. All right? And, um, yeah. Notice. Isn't that the truth? It's not the way it happened. The rains just ceased and the wind ceased to blow. What was it? That my word? No. Because he told me to do it. And greater is he that's in us than any nature. Isn't that the same God that can still the waves on the sea? Can make the winds go back to their place? Isn't he the same one that could darken the sun, could make the sun shine? Amen. Well, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See? All right. Now... That's why these true miracles can be done because it's a promise of God. The things that I do shall you also. St. John 14, 12. He, Christ, that still the winds and the waves is a creator of them. He's still just as much creator as he was then. Amen. He's the same yesterday forever. 
He healed the sick and destroyed sin and changed it all for you and come to you that He might dwell with you. He conquered all these to come and live in us. He is that conqueror that's already conquered these things, proved it in the Scriptures, come back and conquered everything and proved to you that He is the same God. And after 1,900 years, here He's still doing the same thing among us that He did then. Conquered death, hell, sickness, and the grave. This Christ, this He, He is He that's in you. He is Christ. As John said, He that's in you is greater than He that's in the world. That was Christ. He is greater than all the world because He conquered the world. And is the greater than all those saints because He conquered it for us and we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us and gave Himself for us that He might come back and do His works through us to prove to us that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When He was on earth, He proved when He stood among the people He was Messiah. He could discern the thoughts that's in their hearts. And the Bible said, Moses said that he would be a prophet. Is that right? Amen. He knew the secrets of the heart. He knew who the people were. He knew what was wrong with them. Have we seen that done? Amen. Time after time. We know that the dead has been raised right from the dead. Amen. Someone's been dead for a day and a half. Well, I died one morning and they brought it back that night and traveled all night. The next day about noon or a little afternoon, it come into where the tent was, a little dead baby, cold and laying in the mother's arms. And the Lord God brushed, spoke the word of life and that baby warmed up and started crying and handed it back to his mother's arms. Right. Mrs. Statscliffe standing there to see that done. That's the reason she cried so far her baby wanted me to fly to Germany. But the Lord said, that's my hand. Don't you rebuke that. See, you know better. When he told Moses, he said, speak to the rock, don't smite it. That meant speak, don't smite. See, you got to obey what he says do. But no man can do nothing in himself. He's got to hear it first from God. Now the word of God promised that he lives, and because he lives, you live. He promised that the works that I do shall you also. The same things, only more of it will you do, because I go to the Father. He conquered all things. He's the one that stopped, he's the one that made those squirrels. That happened two times. Happened once at your place, Charlie. And it happened, to, it happened up here when brother, and brother Fred and Brother Banks them up there with us. It's happened in Germany when them 15 witch doctors on each side of me said because Billy and Brother Argenbright wouldn't let them see me, they said, well, we'll cause that tent to blow away. And they sat down there with their enchantments and called on their God, the devil, and here he come with the storm. About 30,000, 40,000 Germans out there. And that tent just raising up and down like this. And then cut a, took a scissor and cut a feather and pointed it back like that. And sitting there going through all their enchantments and saying the three holy words. They say, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Going like that. And actually the storm come up. Sure. He's the prince of the powers of the air. Yeah. See? And they call the storm. And I, even that great big tent sitting out like that old my cover about a city block. And it built up, built out of two befores and just uh, canvas tacked over. The wind got out there and just raised it like that. And that wind and lightning are flying like that. I just continually preach. And all of these just going into a big enchantment, going on and on like that, saying those little holy words. It said the three high holy words, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, on both sides like that. And I seen bound, surrounded by devils there, but not bound. And I said to Brother Loster, don't interpret this. I said, Brother Argenbite, just pray. I said, Lord God, creator of heavens and earth. 
You sent me here. I set my foot on this German soil in the name of Jesus Christ because you sent me here. That cloud has no power over me. It does not because I'm anointed and sent here for the salvation of this people. I command you in Jesus' name to depart from here. And the thunder's going bang, bang, bang. Like, ooh, and rolled away and right straight over the tent. Oh, rolled back and the sun shined out. Within 10 minutes, this about 10,000 around the altars and things screaming for mercy to see the power of God. What? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. See the afflictions and the thing. Oh, brother, sister, we have not one worry at all. The greatness is God, and He is in you. Amen. you believe that? Amen. Now, I went way over time. It's 15 minutes about after 9. And I know these people are a long way to drive. Let's bow our heads just a minute. Oh, Father God, Thou knowest about Colorado. You know those things are true. And I say it for your glory that these people might know after all the scientific proving of the pictures and of the works of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, thou knowest that, it, that I plainly stated to the people and always do that it's because you promised it and you're here trying to find someone that you can confirm yourself through to let others see that you live. And you are the same yesterday today and forever. I pray thee, Lord, to be merciful and to guide and direct us in our thoughts. There are those sitting here who are sick and afflicted. There are those who perhaps may die if they don't get help from you. Many of them perhaps is at the end of the road where the doctors cannot help no more. Thou art God, and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your presence is here. And Lord, we don't know what this third pull, as we have referred to it, will be. I don't know why. But we know one thing. That the first pull was perfection. The second pull, being the five, was grace. And God, I pray tonight that you will reveal yourself to us. That after these things, saying, He that's in you, and you said, The works that I do shall you also. And said, You did nothing till the Father showed you. And we've seen what you did when you was able to tell Apostle Peter who he was, what his father's name was. Tell Nathaniel what his mission was, how he come to be there, where he was beforehand, what he had done. Told the woman at the well of her sins and what she is living in this adultery with these six men. Five she had had and one she's living with now is not her husband. Thou art still the same God. You told it was Barnabas' blind condition as he stood there. But yet in his heart, he had a sight that he could see that if that was Jehovah manifested in the sonship of Jesus Christ, that he was able to know his cry. And he cried out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And it stopped you, and you turned and healed Oh, Father, telling him that his faith had saved him. That little anemia woman, that through this blood issue and the change of life, and for many years it could not stop. She had spent all of her money for doctors, and none of them could help her. She came to one of your meetings as you was talking to the man there at, at Galilee, as you was on your road to Jairus' house. This little woman had said within her heart, without a scripture behind it, if I can only touch his garment, I, I believe that I'll be made whole. And she got her desire when she touched your garment. 
And you told her that her faith that did this, described her once, and she was made whole. We're told in the word that you're a high priest that's sitting on high, ever living to make intercessions. And, and also that you, uh, being the high priest at this time, that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Lord God, grant that every person here tonight may be, have the privilege of touching you tonight, the great high priest, and be made well. For the glory of God, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't, is there prayer cards? I, I told Billy not, is anybody got prayer cards? I, I, try, I told him not to give them out. I thought maybe I'd get a little long, as a, I just talk so much. But look, see, and you told me when I said I'd try to be out at 8.30, you laughed, and I, I knew you knew what you were talking about. So, I, I, but I, I love you. See, what, what I'm trying to do, I've always tried this, friend, never for somebody to say, Brother Branham did this. Brother Branham can't do nothing. See? It's Jesus Christ. Amen. And he that's in me is in you. You just have to believe isn't that right? Yes. He that's in you is greater than your disease. Now, how many people in here is sick in their bodies, don't know me, but you believe that you have faith enough to touch the high priest? Raise up your hand and say, I believe it. All right. Well, there's practically everywhere. All right. How many in here that knows me and knows I know nothing about what you have need of and you want God to touch it? Raise up your hand. All right. Frankly, there's nobody in here that I know anything about right this present time of being sick but this boy sitting here. I know him. I've prayed for him many times. I can't think of his name, but he's from down in Kentucky. He writes to me all the time, personal friend of Brother and Sister Woods, and then he comes up there. And he's attended the meeting for a long, long time. That's the only person that I know. Uh, Brother Dow, as far as I know, is all right or he wouldn't be sitting here. He was very sick the other day. And the Lord healed I don't know this person. I don't know who it is has these crutches here. Maybe that person in the chair. I, I don't know. And I, I know lots of you, but God in heaven knows. At this time, I don't know what you want. I have no idea. It's kind of hard here in the tabernacle. Because, see, I know a lot of people. Now, here's what it is. When you come to a place. Now, I come here sometimes, and I say, All right, we'll give everybody a prayer card and line them up. Come up on the platform. Somebody will go away. Now, you can, you, now, friends, I'm going to open up my heart and tell you something. You can't hide that. Just what you're thinking, I know it. That's right. I know what you're thinking. See? And sometimes you say, Brother, I believe. You believe to an extent. See? I know. And you're right here, when I, just right now, the anointing's just coming up on me, you see. And I can just feel that pulse like a beat, you see, a throb from different places. But now don't don't no more disbelieve. Believe it all the message. Believe it if it isn't if it isn't written in the Bible, then don't you believe it? But as it is in the Bible, then the Holy Spirit that's living in us is duty bound to perform that if we believe it. Is that right? Amen. I know it's hard. See? Nothing comes easy. It was hard for him to die, that this might be produced to you. It was hard for him to go to Calvary. He wanted to stay even so much that he cried, Not my will, but thine be done. See? He don't want to leave. He's a young man. And he had his brother, and he loved them just like I love you. But he, he couldn't live, and them live also, so he died that we might live. That wasn't easy. 
he had to do it. Look what a death laid before him. Father, the hour has come, and shall I pray that you take this cup away from me? No. He didn't want to do that. He wanted God's will to be done. Now look, if you believe that same thing, now don't, don't, don't shadow it at all. Just believe it. Just absolutely believe it. Don't doubt it. You believe it. If I bring the people up in a prayer line, and I say, all right, now this person, you know, I don't know you. No, that's right, Brother Brandon. Then right out there, you'll catch somebody that says, uh-huh, but he's reading what they put on that prayer card. <laughs> Telepathy. It just verily will do it. Then I'll say, all right, now this Sunday, we're not going to give out any prayer cards. I want everybody here that's a stranger, never was in here before, you stand up. See? And, and then the Holy Spirit turned right around and discerned what was all in them. See? Is that right? Yeah. You see it both ways. Oh, well, there's something wrong with that. See? See, there, there's no way. You, you, you can't. See? As long as Satan can get possession, he'll just make you believe anything. Yeah. And he'll show you every fault that I've got. And I've got plenty of them he can show you. Don't you look at that. Amen. Don't you look at that. I'm a man. See? But remember, this word of God is the truth and I'm trying to live by it. If I go out here and start doing things wrong, it's not right. Sinning and drinking and smoking or, or doing things that's not right. You, you come call me down because that, that ain't becoming. I, I want man to leave the world. I don't want to leave before that happens. See? I don't want to do that. But as long as I'm trying to live what's right and do what's right. See? And try to live like a Christian ought to. And then let God take his word and hear me stand by it. Though it cost me so many friends and popularity of the world and things like that. And hated by many and denominations kicked out. Yet I want to be true to this word. It's God's word. And I love God. So it's God's word. And I, I tell you that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is in us now. And if the, Now if the life of Shakespeare was in me, living in me, if Shakespeare lived in me, wouldn't I do the works of Shakespeare? If Beethoven is in me, wouldn't I do the works of Beethoven? Amen. If the spirit of Dillinger was in me, if John Dillinger lived in me, wouldn't I be a John Dillinger? Amen. If Beethoven's in me, I'd be a Beethoven. See? If Castro was in me, I'd be a Castro. See? And if Jesus Christ is in me, his works I'll do because it's him. Amen. And didn't he say that same thing would take place? Amen. Now, what would he do if he was standing here if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He said, I can only do what the Father shows me to do. Is that right? Amen. Well, that's why he did it yesterday. Now, is he the same? What about the sickness? Your price is already paid. Every one of you is already healed of your sickness. Is that right? Amen. For that, every one of you is forgiven, but you have to accept it. Yeah. Every one of you is healed, but you have to accept it. Now, to prove that he is the same yesterday and forever, if he was standing here, he could not heal you at all with your unbelief. Amen. You'd have to believe it just the same as you have to believe it right now. Amen. It'd have to be the same. See? Because many mighty works he could not do in his day because of their unbelief. Is that right? Many mighty works he can't do today because of the unbelief. Now, who was it could foretell that? God. Who was it that said this? God. Who was it that did that? God. Who is it that said where the bear, deer, caribou, all these other things, and the seven, all, all these things that's happened? Who was it that said that? He. Christ that's in us, prophesying himself through us, revealing himself that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Who stopped the winds? Who created the squirrels? The same one that created a ram for Abraham. When he's called him Jehovah Jireh. Them compound redemptive names still apply to him. He's still Jehovah Jireh. The Lord can provide for himself a sacrifice. Now, each one of you, 
Now, I want to ask you something. I don't know that woman. As far as I know, that's the first time I guess I ever saw her. But she's sitting there in a desperate condition, praying. And the very God that could turn and tell the woman about her blood issue is the same God that you're showing that He that's in you has conquered the world. You believe? If you just have faith, don't doubt. Talking of cancer, I see that black shadow again. It's over a woman sitting right here. She has cancer of the throat. And she's in a bad shape. And she has been prayed for and trying to accept her healing. Mrs. Burton, if you will believe, I don't know the woman, but if you'll believe with all your heart, really, the thing, let me explain this to you. What you're trying to do, you've lost your voice from it. And you're trying to pray for your voice to come back. Is that right? Wave your hand like this. Now the woman's a stranger to me. I don't know her. See her? That's right. There. there she is. See? Greater is he that's in you, the faith that can touch him, than he that's in your throat. You believe with all your heart? Sister Larson, I do know you. She's my landlord. But Sister Larson, you've been to a doctor or something, something. Now you're up for an operation. That's right. Isn't that right? Greater is he that's in you, Sister Larson. And he that's in the world. Jesus said I was a stranger and you tucked me in. Insomuch as you have done it the least of these, my little ones, you have done it unto me. Oh, Heavenly Father, be merciful. What do you think? You're up for an operation too. You're a stranger to me. Is that right? You're not from here. You know me, but I don't know you. But God knows you. You believe that? You're up for an operation. You don't live here. You're near Bedford. Springville, something like that. That's what I'm saying. Springville. Mrs. Burton. Not, I beg your pardon. I didn't mean to. Mrs. Parker. That's her name, isn't it? Greater is he that's in you than he that's trying to kill you. Is that right? Do you believe with all your heart? Then you won't need your operation. <laughs> what do you think of all this, sister? I don't know you. You're a stranger to me. You believe me to be his prophet? You know. Thank you. God will honor that. You're a Mrs. White. You come from Fort Worth, Texas. You got a muscular disease, a nervous condition. You're very bad. There's no hopes for you as far as medical science is concerned. You're a husband. He has a spiritual need that he's praying over. You got a son there. He has trouble with his back and heart trouble. You got a little boy in his lap. That little boy has some kind of a speech that you're praying over. Now, that's right, raise up your hand. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Do you believe that? With all your heart? With all of it? Now, let's bow our heads. Now, he's went through the building. He's proved to you that he's God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
It's the Lord God. Now, he that's in you, let him have preeminences. Let him have the oversaying of, of what you, you say in your heart right now. If you can, with all your heart, and believe it, the disease that was in my body is gone. See? I am no more afflicted. I have no more disease. He that's in me is greater than he that's in my body. He that's in my heart is greater than he that's in my flesh. Therefore, he that's in my heart created the heavens and earth. My flesh has been contaminated by Satan. And I am a temple for the Holy Spirit to live in. Therefore, Satan, I command you to leave my body. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of me. You believe it? Now let us all pray in our own way now, each one, while I pray for you. Almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth, the author of life, the revealer of the secrets of the heart. You said the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It even is a discerner of the thoughts of the mind. That's the reason when the word was made flesh, it knowed what they were thinking about. As he perceived their thoughts, he was the word. And the word knowed the secrets of their hearts. And that word is still the same word. And tonight we see it revealing itself in us after 2,000 years because he wrote it on the paper and sure confirming it, showing it that it's right. Your lady's handkerchief's laying here. Sick people are everywhere. I pray that the great Holy Spirit that's present, that shows these things, that tells these things, and never fails to what it's right. Not one time can it fail because it's God. Let him anoint these handkerchiefs with his presence and heal every sick person that they're laid upon. And the God who can be alive after 2,000 years and can form himself into sinners' hearts that's been redeemed by grace and faith and can speak his own words through mortal lips and watch it happen just exactly what he promised. Oh, Lord God, I ask thee to be merciful to us. And may every man and woman that's set in present that has any kind of a sickness or affliction as Moses throwed himself in the breach for the people. Tonight I lay my heart out before you, Lord, with all the faith that I have that's in you that you have given me, I give to them. As Peter said at the gate called beautiful, such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man was lame and, and weak for a few moments. But while they held him, his ankle bones received strength and he entered into the house of God, leaping and praising and blessing God. Thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his apostle said, such as I have, give I thee. It was faith. And I say, such as I have. Give I to this audience, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, renounce your sickness, because greater is he that's in you than the devil is trying to take your life. You are children of God. You are the redeemed. I command that Satan leave this people. May the God who rolled back that storm the other day, the God who made the winds and the waves to cease, may he see to it that every 
disease that's taken from these people and the power of Christ is made manifest in their life at this hour. May every sinner repent. May every person that's not close to you get right at this hour. And may it be so in the name of Jesus Christ. I, as your pastor, your brother, with what faith I have, I've asked God to place it on you. I believe that I'll receive what I have asked. Now, if you will believe it with me, with what faith that I have, I give to you for this hour. And now, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, renounce your affliction, your sickness. And say to it, you have to go. Because you have your faith plus my faith with the power of Jesus Christ whose honored presence is here to vindicate it and prove that he is here will make you well at this time. Do you believe that lady laying on this cot? Though your muscles be all like the color of cirrhosis and things, you can walk if you'll try. Don't you believe? The rest of you stand up. Stand up.